Are you talking to me during the jackal? I was just... <laughs> Never talked to me during the jackal? Well, welcome to another episode of Stargate Weekly. I'm Thad Hate. I'm Stuart Hollis. And you're joining us this week as we recap the episode Core I. This is season one, episode 16. Or is it? Oh, you're talking about the DVD Hulu? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, it is. Darn it. <laughs> the synopsis from TV Guide. Teal'c is placed on trial by the son of a man he killed while working for the ghoul. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that works. I, I think the using the verb working is odd. Served. It would make more sense. Yes. Okay, so what you, would you touch on? Um, I mean, I like that this episode explores the you know the fact that Teal'c has done some bad stuff in his past because we sort of gloss over that a lot we definitely do and i appreciated jack's fervor in defending Teal'c and also bringing up the point to general hammond later in the episode hey you know i did some gnarly stuff too mm-hmm. yeah uh i i think Overall, it's a pretty decent episode. I agree. I enjoyed right. it a lot. So, this episode starts out with our team coming through the gate to an apparently empty village, but not empty for long, since there's, like, food and fire and stuff. Yes. Not empty for long, as in it has not been empty very long, and not well the other definition, which is also sort of true, but I think... Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're both actually true. <laughs> yes, I okay, I see how people might... Yes, okay. What they, it won't be very uh, long until they understand what I was saying. Yeah. So as they're walking around, uh, people show up and aim a bunch of crossbows at them. Which got me wondering a few things about this sequence. First of all, uh, again, they all speak English. Mm-hmm. Secondly, Teal'c is with a, has a staff weapon. He's also like seven and a half feet tall or something. He's not a small man. How did they not notice him? How did first? they not beeline straight to the dude with the staff weapon instead of inspecting the rest of them? Vis- just like a quick visual inspection. Like, yeah, I guess you're fine. You're fine. And oh, this- yeah, it did seem a little strange. And then the next thing I wondered about is how effective is a crossbow at point blank range? I mean, what does it get faster? The- no, no, no it, it, it would be just as effective at point blank range as it is from a distance. I would think. I would even. I, I just looking at it, I wondered. Like, I feel like it's yeah. I mean, in any way, in any, in some cases, you could say it's even more effective because it would have more force the closer you are to the original, you know, to where it was fired from. Assuming my understanding of physics works, and I mean, how else could it possibly work? I I don't know. I'm not sure. If I had a crossbow or even a bow and arrow to test with, because I just my weird bad understanding of how it all works tells me that if I were to hold a bow and arrow, especially like a bow and arrow, because crossbows are a little differently, work a little differently. I feel like if I held the point of an arrow right up against and some sort of object that ordinarily the arrow would be able to penetrate if i was firing at it from a distance i I feel like it wouldn't i think that would only apply if it was actually pressed against Mm, you might be right because i can definitely see where you're coming from with that but if it has even a little bit of time to fly through the air first i think it would be just as effective now i'm not sure how easy it would be to aim a bow and arrow you know two feet in front of you how much aiming do you need if the thing's two feet in front of you I'm just thinking, like, I'm having, you know, I've never shot a crossbow, but I have shot a bow and arrow. And, I, I mean, I've never tried aiming at something that close to me, but I feel like 
that would be a little harder. Like you cert like I mean, a person is pretty big, so you could still hit them. But exact at exact spot on the person, I think that would be a little tricky. So hey, if you are a crossbowologist or a physicist and you're listening to this, please contact us. You can reach us stargateweekly at gmail.com and we'll run through all these at the end of the episode as well but yeah reach out let's have a mailbag yeah absolutely <laughs> so after Hano who we've not been introduced to yet freaks out about Teal'c being there you know like you do that's a comp that that is in fact a common reaction to Teal'c being places yes I like that what was the line it was you know he's he's good and trustworthy or he's harmless or something like that yes good guy. You don't know him. He's peaceful. Tell him you're peaceful, Teal'c. It is true. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I, I understand the... I remember the scene. Yeah, I was gonna chop that out. <laughs> so the guy is freaking out because he is saying that Teal'c killed his father. Mm, prepared to die. Well, yes. No, that's exactly what the episode's all about. Korai Cor- apparently is Cartagon. Uh, do we think that'd be? Do we think it'd be Cartagon or Cartagon? The people of Cartago. Uh, Cartagon, maybe. Ooh, I like it. I think that Korai is Cartagon for prepare to die. Yeah, probably. Uh, they actually say exactly what it means, but I don't remember now. Uh, but you know what? The Stargate Wiki I have open probably does. Mm. No, it doesn't. It just says it's a type of court trial. Well, you failed me, Stargate Wiki. Oh well. Because Daniel goes all, you know, Daniel. And talks about the root. Yes, he just cannot not be jazzed about weird language herkadirk, even when his friend is being accused of. Yeah, like uh, he definitely is a little confused that, and admittedly, this makes a certain amount of sense that he'd be confused that their name for the Stargate is mixing to a, a Latin and a Greek root. Well, I mean, I sure was confused. I picked up on that even before he did, obviously. <laughs> So, okay, yeah, what happens <laughs> next? <laughs> so, uh, they take Teal'c prisoner, and Teal'c is perfectly willing to be taken prisoner. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the, the team is sitting outside Teal'c's, you know, jail cell, and they ask him about what happens. And Teal'c doesn't remember the specific incident, but he knows that he killed many people when he was serving Apophis. So, the jail cell, the <laughs> what's the do they have so little crime there that they can get away with only having a cell? Well, if the punishment for crimes is apparently often death, maybe. So what they were talking about when the Korais started was that, A, they don't have the concept of impartiality in these sorts of proceedings. Yeah, the wronged party gets to choose what happens. Right, exactly. So I have to feel like their their culture has some amount of rules to it regarding how you're supposed to behave to other people. So I have to imagine that just because that dude filched two apples off of your cart, you're not going to say, as the wronged party, his punishment should be death. You might be able to say that, though. Sure, but I feel like the punishment should be I get to take some food off of his cart, or he needs to compensate me or he's going to clean my house for a week or something or he needs to plant three apple trees or something exactly so it just seems odd that they have this 
big standalone cell there down in their little micro dungeon thing. And for this sort of barely post-agrarian society... They may not have prison. They may have cells to keep people until the core eye, but they may not actually. They may not have like prison. So maybe it really doesn't come up. They really only ever use it right before right before the core eye. Okay, my other point was their construction technology is far is far advanced beyond their agrarian ways. Yeah, like that whole like core eye building. Yes, for lack of a better term, is super advanced. Yes, and a set that we will see. O- the uh, especially the interior is a set we will see over and over over the next like however many fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen years. It reminded me of Kirk's trial only a little bit. In Star Trek Six, you mean? Yes, because there actually have been a couple Kirk trials. Of course, because this is a tropey thing to do. In this <laughs> case, it's actually a valid trial mm-hmm. in, in the sense that this is not one of our heroes being wrongfully accused of something that some like a lookalike did or that they did in a dream. But this is a society that dreams act as reality and. Thinking that you want to bang your neighbor's wife means you actually did bang your neighbor's wife. I feel like I've only ever seen that once. Voyager, wasn't it? Yeah. That's one of the, yeah. <laughs> but didn't Riker go through something similar-ish in Next Generation? Riker was framed for murder in Next Generation. Right, exactly. Like, they're like they're framed or they're wrongfully accused. Or, right, or, or, or. The, the thought crime thing. I The yeah. only time I remember seeing that was on Voyager. So let's move past this little thing about... Uh, <laughs> trial trope weekly but <laughs> so they're down in the cell i mean if they really wanted it yeah. to be i have sorry i have one more thing to say about trial trope weekly if yes. they really wanted it to be a trial trope the punishment should have been that teal had to serve 20 years of prison in his mind because <laughs> that that is a common trope in sci-fi trial episodes he already has have you seen his face that's the face of a man who has spent 20 years in prison in his mind <laughs> i actually was thinking about that I can't remember if it was this episode or the other one that I have to wonder if Christopher Judge, after filming, would just kind of just rub his face all over because he just spends the whole time on set frowning. Mm. He he had a little bit of respite last episode when he was, like, looking gentle for the kid. Yes. Okay, so we're down in the cell. They're just hanging out, thinking of ways on how to break Teal'c out. Teal'c says, nah. That ain't me. It's true. Which it, it totally isn't him. I mean... Teal'c is honorable to a fault. So true. Then I think at this point, no, they didn't meet the elders yet, have they? Uh, well, kind of. We can drop this. Yeah. So, yeah, no, at this point, this is when they go to meet the elders. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I think the, well, the Stargate Weekly doesn't mention that they meet the elders. The Stargate Weekly? Uh, Wakey. <laughs> the Stargate Weekly clearly has, because you just said it. All right. Well, so I think that I, I think I think it was they meet the elders and then he's in jail. Yeah. So, oh right, because that's when they try to leave and they yes, they put him in custody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tell. <laughs> so anyway, then we have we do have the trial or the Korai. Indeed. And the this is where the guy who says Teal killed his father shows Teal his father's crutch and Teal'c remembers. Yeah, so Teal'c has his flashback and I just all I'm watching this flashback and all I'm thinking is what is up with this weird hand gesture that Papahano is is making? It's like like his his face has this sort of pleading slash I get it mm-hmm. expression, but his hand that's just super weird. Yeah. Cuz he 
does he want Tilk to hand him something? Is he like trying to use the force? What is this? Yeah. So, yeah, Tilk did in fact kill his father because Apophis told him to. Yes. And that's is when the SG-1 tries to talk about how Teal'c is, he's not that guy anymore. And that Daniel says, talks about how he saved, he saved the people of Abydos, that, you know, he's a good friend, and that Teal'c's just an all-around good guy, and you shouldn't kill him. To which Hano says, yeah, but if he's such a good guy, why wasn't he a good guy back when he killed my dad? I mean, it's a fair point. I suppose it's a fair point. It, it's, uh, most of Hano's position and this is backed up and this i'm going to chalk this up as halfway decent writing but it seemed like most of hano's position came from a relatively unsophisticated place anytime any of our heroes made the point of okay yes he did but he was acting under orders Okay, but it, his order said kill my dad, and he, so therefore he killed my dad. Or their later argument of Teal'c made the calculation that your dad, as the slowest, weakest, most single-legged person in the room, would slow the rest of you down since he knew that you liked to run away and hide. Yeah, well, he killed the weakest guy in the room, who also was my dad. He killed my dad. Mm-hmm. Also, generally, the uh, Bursons... Uh, not knowing what a judge is, what it means to be impartial, etc. It was an interesting... So that, yeah, that's who they are. They're not the Cartagoans. It's the planet Cartago, but they're the Bursons. Which implies there's people on the planet who aren't Bursons. Cartagoans, maybe. Or Mersons. Or, yeah, there are persons who aren't Bursons, and <laughs> nice. we never meet them. And going for another Urson pun, but I mean, bear with me. <laughs> So I, I thought, honestly, I, I thought it played pretty well. The unsophisticated positioning of yeah. Hano and the Bursons versus the 75% American earthen people who are saying, well, no, but this is trials, justice, words. <laughs> yeah, Jack has a hard time understanding that this is not an earth trial. Yes, indeed, he does. Which is classic Jack. He has... Jack has is certainly of the SG team, certainly the one that has the most problems with cultural difference. I'd agree with that. Not like out of any sort of malice, just... He's the least sophisticated member of the team. Yeah. So I want to talk about when they go back to the SGC. Mm-hmm. Jack and Carter head back to the SGC. Jack's plan is to not shoot their way out, but to bring back a bunch of dudes with a bunch of guns to make it look like they're going to shoot their way out. Mm-hmm. They get back. He asks them to go ahead and whistle up an uh, armed response team. Then he explains to the general what's actually happening. And Hammond's like, no. Right, because the general is taking the position, whether right or wrong, and I think from a larger position, he's right that Teal may be a member of the team, but he's not an American citizen. Hell, he's not even an Earth citizen. And then, furthermore, he's also a war criminal. And Jack's trying to point out, yeah, kind of. So am I. Right. This is it's a slightly different scenario where Teal was essentially a super duper foot soldier, whereas Jack was special forces, and the special forces special forces kind of comes with that disclaimer that you might do gnarly things, whereas average foot soldier maybe not, but eh. average 
the average Goldfoot soldier still does gnarly things. I mean, yeah, but that's neither here nor there. But the one bit where Hammond says that the United States is not in the business of interfering in other people's affairs, and Jack beats me to the since when? Colonel, the United States is not in the business of interfering in other people's affairs. Since when, sir? Yes, that was amazing. Because as I think I had said in one of the earlier episodes that unlike Star Trek and the Federation, the SGC does not have a prime directive. And if anything, well, certainly they don't have the same prime directive. If anything, their prime directive is American exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. And that also exemplified at the end of the episode and counterman and uh, yeah, we talked about that a bit um, when we did the Broken Divide. Yes, that's right. That's why it's in my head. Um, where at the end, and Jack says, we can help you defend yourselves. What happened to we don't interfere in other people's business? <laughs> but there's all, you know, Jack's also getting very, very heated with, with the general. Uh, and he's yelling at him and says, you know, let's call the president. And the general shoots back that that's enough. And then they quiet, they calm down a little bit. Sam says, something and then i guess and then the general goes and calls the president anyway i i don't know that whole exchange between jack and general hammond felt odd largely because it felt like jack was playing his character and hammond was running slightly off from it yeah i can see that i did like where hammond did say that personally i agree i agree with you but the but the the uniform in the country that I represent will not allow me to. Right. I did like that part. And yeah, I mean, he's, he's totally right on that. We, the, the U S should not be interfered, but well, <laughs> yeah. So I think at this point we're cutting back to Teal getting prepared for, no, we're still in the final stage of the trial. I suppose yeah. at this point. And Jackson makes an impassioned plea that falls on deaf ears. Not completely deaf. Hano points out the impassionedness of the plea. That's right, but it doesn't bring his father back. Right, so and the pleadingness of his passion. Also, why is Daniel not wearing his glasses during the Korai? I hadn't noticed. Interesting. He's wearing them before, sure. and he's wearing them after, yes. but not during. I don't know. Huh. Okay. Well, chalk that one up to a continuity error, I suppose. Yeah. So, uh, then Kyok is sentenced to be killed by his own weapon tomorrow at noon. At midday, I believe they said. Yes, which means noon. Fine. But you're right. They did actually say midday. At this point, we cut back to the SGC. I think there's... And this is the part where Hammond... We find out that Hammond did event, did ultimately call the president. And he's the president. And Hammond agrees with him. Yes. Jack's still pissed. He and Carter head back to the planet. Sort of stroll out of the gate and through the smoldering ruins for a minute. And, and Jack's like, things look different to you? Right. Like, and then finally are like you know what we should do we should hide we should put our weapons up and and i feel like they only did that when they caught sight of the jaffa too right that's what i'm saying it felt very very strange not very yeah, they, you know like the as soon as they come out of the gate and see like the wreckage of stuff they should have been on that's what i'm saying you know the village was given in the smolder and they're like nah you leave me no choice here comes the smolder <laughs> so they intercede in the Jaffa attacking the village. Jackson tries to convince Hano to take Teal'c with them to fight them off. Hano says no. Which ends up being a good thing, but... Yes. Hano then also makes clear that his last will and testament is make sure this guy gets it. Yeah, he, he entrusts it to, like, the, like, 12-year-old kid. If I do not survive, I entrust you to tell whoever does that 
I still wish my sentence to be carried out. Yeah, that's... Well, because all the adults need to go run off and die valiantly at the hands of the Gould. Hmm, I suppose. So then we get a recurring character, which I had completely forgotten both that this guy was in it and that he was a recurring character. Shackle. Yeah. Who is still not yet the first prime of Apophis, but does have the gold on his forehead. Right, they haven't quite figured out what all these things mean yet. I thought maybe, oh, well, he must be the first prime now. And then he says, no, if I kill you, then I'll be first prime. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. I feel like he didn't even say, then I will be. It was more like, if I kill you, then I'll definitely be on the short list for first prime. <laughs> right. Like, not even that he's already on the short list and it doesn't put him over the top, but instead that it's like he's still only at best in the Sweet 16 or something. Yeah, Apophis is a long list of Jaffa that he is considering. Like, how has Apophis gone without a first prime all this time? Who's running his, you know, day-to-day? Well, I mean, you're assuming that the first prime is, like, the hand of Apophis to tie it into the Game of Thrones season that has just ended as we record this. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, that is kind of how I view it. I see it more as he's head of his head of his most head of his immediate guard mm. perhaps i suppose that's probably more accurate okay who's in charge of apophis immediate guard over all this time it's been months how does he not have a first prime yet well maybe apophis is taking this time to really sit back and think do i truly need a first prime is this a position that i can leave vacant save myself ah do they pay the jaffa uh, you uh teok was given a house when he became first prime there we go. Save myself giving some dude a house. Yeah. You know? What good is a first prime going to do me if he's just going to go and betray me after 15 or 20 years? Well, I suppose first primes of Apophis do have a tendency to do that. Braytech? Yeah. Yeah. I had honestly just sort of assumed that the, you know, completely forgetting that Braytech had said that he was formerly the first prime, just completely forgetting all of that. I, I, I like, it just completely set my mind. I had just sort of assumed that it was, you're my first prime, you're dead, you know, until you're dead, or I find somebody better. I need a corporal. You're it until you're dead, or until I find somebody better. Eh, I don't know, maybe he thought Braytech was too old, but, like, he's still okay with Braytech serving him, because Braytech does... We see that later. Right. Is Braytech second prime? Third? Maybe that's why he doesn't need a new first prime. Braytech's filling in. Mm. Mm. He called the Jaffa Temp Agency. Oh, yeah. 1-800-HILE-A-HENCHMAN. HILE? 1-800-HILE-A-HENCHMAN. <laughs> I mean, sure, that probably exists. It has to. Yeah. You know, Look at all the henchmen across all the different properties. Oh, yeah. Especially when you consider the fact that they're often played by the same people. It's like, oh, well, duh. Right. They came from higher hand. Exactly. He, you know, this guy's done henching for Apophis. Uh, next month, he'll be he'll be henching for Dr. Doom. So the kid drops a knife in Teal'c's hands. Yes, he does. Thank you for getting us back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Teal'c cuts his bonds and then kills Shekel. Well, we think he kills Shekel. We see Shekel's face and Teal'c saying that he's sorry. But this could have been a head fake, maybe. Mm. You think you think we're going to have a third episode of Shackle? I honestly don't know. I didn't look it up ahead of time. I'm not going to look it up. I'm going to be pleasantly surprised. I refuse to be. Until this rewatch, I did not remember Shackle at all. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good, like, chained metaphor or joke to play. And just nothing was co- just nothing was coming to me. All I was thinking was that Shackle rhymes with Jackal. Jackal? A jackal! Jackal! 
It's a jackal! It looks like a jackal! 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 It's a jackal! Jackal! Time! Wasn't a jackal the first time. Right, it was shackled the first time. No, but honestly, when I think jackal, then I think West Wing. But anyway. Mm. So something I did notice during all the, the fighting was the Jaffa's helmets seem more detailed and ornate yeah a little bit than they did in the earlier episodes yeah i think they probably did a little put a little more effort into this yeah cool so after oh oh and we see that teal actually dives in front of Mm -hmm. a staff blast to save people which has a big impression on the persons a lot of things seem to have a big impression on the persons oh yeah the persons exclaim or an exclamatory bunch quite so you think, you know, go to back to the beginning of the Korai, and Hano needs to begin by apologizing to Teal'c for his transgressions against Teal'c. Mm-hmm. Teal'c says he forgives him. And they're like, oh! Right, the whole crowd's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So we get to the end of all the fighting. Hano comes out. Teal'c says, well, it's midday, time to die. And Hano says, I was mistaken. You are not that Jaffa. That Jaffa is dead. You have killed him. And I kind of wanted the rest of the SG team to say something to the effect of, yeah, we know we were trying to tell you. <laughs> and this is where Jack offers them defense against the Gould, and they're like, yeah, we'll take that. And that was pretty much it. The end of the episode. No Walter. No Walter. Sad day when there's no Walter. Mm. Mm. So I enjoyed the episode a lot. I, yeah. I, I, I wish that... We had a resource to talk to or that I had... Because a lot of times when I think that I want to research something, I kind of play through it in my head a little bit beforehand to think, how would I research it? What terms would I be using? What results do I think I would get from that? Like, will that be useful? And I couldn't think of very many that would... For any of the stuff that I wanted to look up to bring clever insight and nerd points to this conversation, I I kept thinking, ah, it's not going to be a useful search term. I'm not going to find anything good on that. Not not on short notice. Which is unfortunate, because I would have liked to spend a little bit of time talking a bit about war crime proceedings and... Yeah, but... Do you know anyone who's been convicted of war crimes? Three or four people. That's about average, right? <laughs> well, not convicted. Mm, accused, I suppose. Yeah, like war, like war misdemeanors. Really? <laughs> you don't. So you don't know anyone who was accused of a war felony? No. Uh, like war jaywalking at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to watch out for buses when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> So what else did you want to talk about this episode, if anything? Uh, well, the Stargate Wiki mentions a goof that I didn't notice. Okay. Uh, at the end of the episode, when Hano is forgiving Teal'c, uh, the Jaffa that O'Neill killed when entering the room is apparently visible in the corner of the screen and breathing. Or is visibly breathing in the corner of the room. Okay, okay. If I had to say, just being in the corner of the room feels like less of a goof. The goof also claims it's clearly a stuntman, and I'm like, what? how is that what? Because we have so many Jaffa that aren't Teal'c, Braytac, or Shekel on a first-name basis, and we know them really well. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's wearing... Also, wasn't he wearing a freaking helmet? Well, maybe he's wearing just, like, jeans, because mm. they were only going to shoot him from the waist up anyway, so I was like, yeah, whatever, just wear some jeans. It's all good, you're getting blown up. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that either, because I don't care. The Italian language version of yeah. this episode is, um, is condanna a morte, which means death sentence, which is a little on the nose, if you ask me. 
Yeah. Because I don't think they ever say out loud that Korai... Because Jackson like, spends a second... Why couldn't they just have said Korai? Right. It, <laughs> I mean... It's a made up word. Jackson spends a second parsing it a little bit and then just rolls right past it because <laughs> a new linguistic thing hit his radar screen, which was the... Uh, what was their word for the Stargate? Their word for the Stargate was uh, Kirk Kakona, Circle of Woe. Yes, the Kirk Kakona. Yes. But, uh, you know, like, oh, Cora, Cora, I wonder what that means. Kirkakona? What do you mean that's both Greek and Latin? Mm. Also, the planet Cartago is named, is the Roman name for Carthage. Cool. I don't know how that applies in any way, but that is true. They were just, you know, picking random names, I suppose. Oh, especially because there's nothing else about the village or anything we see that gives any indication of either Greek or Roman past or carthaginian for that matter sure but you look at the uh, past episodes you citing broken divide is a good example with all their minoan trappings or what was the one where he ages uh, um, brief candle yes brief candle with all of its greek stuff it's mm-hmm. they're not afraid to to throw all that stuff at it but emancipation with the mongols yes even the first commandment with how that one was set up with those weird mask things yeah right yeah but in this case it was it felt like very sort of generic medieval yeah like yeah thank you that was what we're looking for which doesn't fit all that well i don't think i'm not a historian and i don't know any historians either do you know any historians Mm, historians no I don't think so. So if you're a historian, ideally with a focus on medieval Europe, let us know if it was common for them to mix Latin and Greek roots and words. Because the Latin, I believe, but it's the Greek that's confusing me. Yeah. Also, I feel like there shouldn't be any Latin influence anywhere on a gold world because the gold would have i mean the the up the slave revolt and the burying of the gate would have happened pre-rome right greek influence makes sense yeah but you're right that's also that's another thing i had not considered was that it doesn't make any sense but of course they also speak english so So, yeah they're a little they're a little sloppy with just grabbing bits and pieces of cultures yeah stargate way to be all Way to do all that cultural appropriation, man. For real. I don't have much else to talk about. Yeah, I feel like the the wiki mentioned all the major plot points, except apparently meeting the elders. Yeah, and that was not that major a plot point. Nah. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Stargate Weekly. You can find me on Twitter at Gamicus. You can find me on Twitter at Tyrannicus. And you can find us on Twitter at Stargate Weekly. You can also email us, as I mentioned earlier, StargateWeekly at gmail.com. Put the episode title or number or something in the subject line so we know what's going on. I would love to do some mailbag stuff, although who knows what kind of time lag we're going to be looking at. Months. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also, you can find us on Facebook. We're Stargate Weekly on Facebook. We're locking it down everywhere we can. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, we're going to be on MySpace pretty soon. Uh, (laughs) MySpace does still exist ping does not <laughs> yeah check out our hot hot angel fire page mm, geocities Ooh, geocities aol keywords stargate weekly yes that's where it, <laughs> there it is <laughs> what are we what are we going to be talking about next week because i've got to 
have this written down and queued up. Next week is episode 17, Enigma. Ooh, sounds intriguing. Mm. Mm. All right, that's our show. Mm. Yeah. Tell him to come to the press room. He's not going to want to miss the jackal. Drive. They called him the Jackal. <laughs>